one of the main differences. We're buying vacant land that people don't want for 25, 35 cents on the dollar. Mike check. I'm good. Mike check. Mike check. You can read about success all day long, but if you don't put in the work, the mindset, execution, and the hustle behind your vision, it just remains a dream. When everything goes wrong, you have to take all the responsibility. We uncover what high-level entrepreneurs, business owners do to rise up from hustling daily. So do what you feel passionate about. Take chances. The world becomes your library to help you become better at your craft. Join me as I share with you actionable tips to help you grow your business, learn skills, and help you level up in your self-development journey. Your number one spot for business and personal growth is the Online Hustlers Podcast with your host, Esteban Andrade. Every day I'm hustling. Hey, welcome back, listeners of the Online Hustlers Podcast, where we cover REI marketing and conversion episodes. Um, we have a special guest today. And as you all know, we've had uh, different guests that are doing uh, the things that we want you to go back to your home and, and actually do some homework about it because they're spitting nuggets and actionable tips, actionable hacks, uh, tricks about um, how they're actually making their business successful in the wholesale side, real estate investing side, flipping side. And if you have liked any other episode previously and uh, you know that we're going to provide value, I think it's going to take you about a minute uh, for you to review this episode. If you can review that episode for us, it'll help a lot of people because it, it will uh, help with the algorithm in the podcast. So you can do that in whatever uh, stream that you're watching, Spotify, Apple Podcast, anywhere. Uh, just give us a review and uh, tell us how you like the episodes. And if you like this episode, leave us a review right after that. Uh, and today I have a, an episode where I bring in Joe McCall. So Joe McCall is very well known for several things. And actually, I'm going to introduce, introduce you guys, um, him today. Uh, you probably have been targeted by his online marketing ads in the past, um, or maybe have been some of their webinars, uh, learn about lease options, um, learn about uh, flip, flipping land. Uh, but if you haven't, then today is a good opportunity to kind of learn and how it's done and the few steps that you need to take in order to get it going. And if you're already doing it, how to do it better. So I have here today, Joel. And uh, hey, man, how are you? It's so hey. great having you. Esteban, doing well, man. Good to be here. Really do appreciate it. All right, man. I'm really excited for this episode because it's the first time that we actually are having someone talk about land flipping. Um, and there is a lot of wholesalers. There is a lot of investors that are coming in here or flippers and they give their nuggets and everything. Uh, talk about different strategies or marketing departments, um, hiring, systemizing, sales. But today we have land flipping, right? And, and I know that you come in with a background with extend experience, uh, but I want to understand a little bit more of that background. You've made millions of dollars in your in your now in your career already and um you're you're one of the people that recently have got me into your podcast as well to talk about online marketing and talk about recruiting virtual assistants from latin america so i appreciate that man that uh, that episode i think it was fire people liked it a lot yeah um <laughs> but i want to know a little bit more about you and uh i mean you're we're talk we're going to talk about, about land flipping but you also have 
expertise in lease options and a few other things. You're a great coach as well. And you're also helping others and how to get that part started. But let's just go back. Tell me like when you're, uh, you know, you're starting into the real estate world. I don't know how long you've been in there. Um, just a, f you know, a few, a few things about you, how you got to where the point you are, like how you're making millions right now in real estate and stuff. Like I'd love to know a little bit more and the listeners to also know. Well, it got started in full-time doing real estate in 2009. And mm -hmm. I was a civil engineer before that kind of working for different engineering construction companies, building large power plants, traveling around the country that got really old, did not enjoy it that much. So I wanted to do something different. Um, I always wanted to kind of work for myself. I did what you're supposed to do, get a college degree, get a nine to five job. But I just looked at my future and I just wasn't optimistic at all. Like I was one paycheck away from bankruptcy. I could, they could give me a pink slip, let me go. I could probably find another job, but I'd have to move. And I was frustrated no matter how hard I worked, I got paid the same every single year. And if I was lucky, I got a 3%, 5% raise. If I was lucky after five years, I could get three weeks of vacation a year instead of two. I remember one time um, going on vacation and frustrated that um, I ran out of time. Well, like we went, we did our vacations. We still had three or four months left of the year and I had no vacation days left. I'd use all my personal days and I couldn't even take off time for the holidays, extra time off for the holidays. Uh, shortly after I quit my job, my wife and I were in somewhere near Vail, Colorado, I think is where it was. And uh, we just were there and we thought we have four kids and we homeschool our kids. So we were traveling. We have a lot of freedom. And we just thought, why not just stay an extra week? And uh, we said, all right, let's do it. And I didn't have to ask a boss. I didn't have to worry about how much time off I still had left, how many personal days, how many sick days I could convert to personal days. Um, I didn't have to ask anybody. We just stayed another week in the Airbnb that we were in. I think at the time it was HomeAway or VRBO.com or something. And that's when I got so excited about this business because literally we can run this business from anywhere in the world. And I have with my family. Um, we have traveled to Europe twice I've been there four times, but we've traveled there twice with all of my kids, my wife and my kids for two to three months at a time, traveling around the, the world, just visiting a lot of different cool places. And um, like my background there, I don't know why it does that. Okay. So then we um, done that twice, stayed in Prague, did deals while living in Prague and traveling around Europe. And then we took a three month RV trip and um, just had a really good time traveling all over the world doing this business, doing deals, then also doing other things, selling information products, doing consulting, doing done for you marketing services, selling software. So there's a lot of different ways you can monetize your knowledge. Your what's up here, you can do deals, then you can also teach people how to do deals so people can bring you deals, so you can partner on deals, so you can invest in deals. Um, so we do that a lot. You know, people bring yeah. us deals. We lend up money on them. We partner on deals. Sometimes we'll just, uh, we know a buyer and we'll put the two and two together and make a, a middleman fee. Um, then we can sell coaching, consulting, info products, marketing services, done for you, marketing services, software. It's a huge industry. And if you're just stuck doing one thing, you got to be ready when the market shifts, you know, are you going to be able to still make money 
in that honey pot that you've had for the last two or three years, now that the market has shifted so much, are you going to be able to survive? Yeah. And so I think it's important to have, you know, kind of different streams of income as it were. So, um, yeah. Well, what, it seems like you have a very high love for marketing as a whole. Yeah. And also just the fact that you're able to like run a business online remotely, um, you also understand the online marketing side of it. Not only you have done it for your, uh, you know, info product models and everything, but you just, you just know a lot of stuff about online marketing. Like, where did that love, love come from? Like, can I, can hmm. I know more about that? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, I realized early on from the coaches that I had in real estate that we're not in the real estate investing business. We're in the marketing business. And so I was a big student of marketing because my coaches would say things like, you need to get your marketing done for you in spite of you. That's when I started thinking about getting virtual assistants and how I can use VAs in my business. So I started really studying marketing and I got frustrated when I would do a lot of marketing, get a bunch of leads and then shut it off because I had so many leads coming in and I would get some deals under contract. I would sell the deals, you know, and then three months later, I'd turn around and my pipeline was empty. And I realized that you'd have to do that marketing consistently. There's this real principle of momentum. And um, so I started building systems and hiring VAs to do my marketing for me in spite of me. And then I started doing these really unique type of deals and people were asking me to teach them how to do what I do. So in 2009, the market was free falling. Everybody's freaking out, losing their jobs, losing their houses, you know, losing all of their money in the stock market. And here I am quitting my job because I was making more money doing real estate part-time than I was in my full-time job. And at that point I was flipping lease options. I call it wholesaling lease options. And then people started asking me, Hey, how do you do what you do? Teach me. I started getting invitations to go speak at local real estate clubs. RIAs, they're called real estate investment associations or whatever. And um, started speaking for free. And I realized that got really old really quick. Um, and then people started saying, Hey, can you take me out? Can I take you out for coffee to pick your brain a little bit? And that got old really quick. So I started hanging out with friends that I knew that were that created real estate courses and they would sell them at local real estate clubs. And they would get paid really, really well for it. And I thought, that's pretty cool. Like this guy can go up there and talk for 90 minutes and make $20,000, $50,000. I want to learn how to do that. So I started studying other people that were selling courses. And I saw the good, the bad, and the ugly. Started to getting to know some of the people on the stage. And, um, you know, there's some shysters out there, but there's also a lot of really, really good people. And mm -hmm. so I decided I want to be one of the good people. I want to be one of the good guys that sells a good information product and doesn't at a fair price that doesn't gouge every last penny on and forces people to max out their credit cards or whatever. So um, I started studying the, the good people and kind of also studying the bad people to learn what they do and how not to do it. And I started then um, getting invitations to speak at a lot of different national things. I started traveling and then I started my podcast and I started um, studying internet marketers because there's real estate marketers and the internet marketers, right? They're kind of different. And I started studying people like Frank Kern was one of them. And there was a podcast at the time called, 
think it was called Internet Marketing Mastery or Internet Business Mastery, I think is what it was called. Mm -hmm. And these guys had a course on how to create a course. <laughs> they had a course on how to create a course. And uh, I bought it and they taught how to do a podcast and how to get people to get to build an email list, how to sell things online. And I just fell in love with that. And, and here's the reason why. I still do real estate today. We do you know, a couple, three, four deals a month flipping vacant land. That is good. I, I kind of only do that though, because I love it, number one. But number two, I want to stay sharp. I want to stay in the business so I know what works and what doesn't. So when a student comes to me and asks for help, I kind of know what they're going through and what the problem is and how to fix it so I can make my stuff better. But I love the the information marketing side of this business. I get to help people. Um, I get to have other people bring me deals. I get to lend money on deals and I get to change people's lives, which is just really, really good. And it pays really well. So here's the thing. It also is easier to scale. It's easier to scale when I can coach somebody and I've coached people from all over the world on how to do deals in the U S it's, it's awesome. It's so much fun. Does that make sense? Yeah, it is, man. Um, I think that a lot of people, um, they they want to stay in the traditional route get not get outside of the comfort zone of like doing uh, exactly what they because I know what they're doing works and everything but but then there's opportunities whenever you you start getting coached and mentored by these other individuals like you mentioned uh, that you find in a podcast and then ultimately they show you uh, that there's ways or there is people that are making money and are being more profitable using their time way more effectively right. Um, such as the ones that are potentially given their expertise and instead of just teaching their team and their employees and they, now they're giving their expertise to someone else. Um, and, uh, you can make a profit out of it, but like, maybe you can also help them educate them. And then further down the line, they'll bring you yeah. the deals. I think that one person that I'm not sure if you do this, but does it really, really well is Pace, um, Pace Morby brings in people in sub two he teaches them how to do creative finance and stuff too and everything and then a lot of these people let's i'm not gonna laugh i'm gonna be honest a lot of these people are not going to eventually make it in business but they learn a skill right uh not everyone is made to have a sustainable uh business and they don't have the ultimate capabilities to like have that discipline in the long-term run of running a business, which is really tough. So even though he teaches how to do that part of the business, he will still teach a specific skill sets, such as finding specific leads, specific, um, specific things such as doing marketing or maybe structuring a deal. And then if they struggle, then Pace team is there, right? To kind of help out and oh, do, yeah. make, make deals together. So, yeah. Is that something you do with your current students right now? Yes and no. So I have a guy who helps me coach my students. He's um, him and I have been friends for a long time. And uh, he's a guy that is successful, does deals still today. He's really good at teaching mindset. He used to be a professional golf coach. His name is Gavin. Really good guy. Really, really good guy. And um, we started working together and I knew he would be a great coach because he's better than just teaching the strategy and the tactics, which I'm good at. He's good at the, into the motivation stuff and into the inspiration and into the mindset. And it's, so he's, he has, he has really good success. And in some ways more success with students 
one-on-one than I do. So I've been doing a lot of group coaching. Now, Pace is a beast. He works really, really hard. He's one of the smartest guys in the industry. I have mad respect for him. Um, but he works really hard, and I don't want to work that hard. <laughs> I've told him this many times. Like, I, I don't know how you do it. And he, he, everybody tells him that, too. He gets kind of sick of hearing it. But, like, um, he works really, really hard. And so I'm just, you know, is he going to burn out someday? I don't know. Maybe not. Um, maybe he will. But he's smart enough to figure that out, right? He's smart enough to know uh, he's got he's got some things he can fall back on. He's doing really, really well with some bigger deals now. I think they just did a $100 million plus um, uh, apartment complex or something like that. So he, really smart guy. So there, there's a way that you can build these businesses where – it can grow and scale um, with, with if you have the right people in place without much of your involvement. That's what I'm trying to say. So there's things you can do like podcasts, like YouTube videos like this, and podcasts like creating a course one time that you can sell over t- many, many times over and over again. Uh, I do a lot of one-to-many group coaching, which means like I can have 50 to 100 people on one call People submit their questions in advance. I can answer all the questions. I can interact with people on the chat. I can look at deals. I can analyze real deals that people in there are working on and uh, answer questions. So you can have a big, big impact. You can create Facebook groups where you can go in there and answer people's questions. Um, so there's ways that you can you know, make a difference in a lot of people's lives on a one-to-many model instead of just the one-to-one. Like I have a, a friend right now who travels maybe three or four times a month across the country. So almost every week going to someone's office to coach them one-on-one. And that's, he's, he, he thought that was the only way, excuse me. He thought that was the only way he could actually sell consulting. And uh, we're working with him right now. And I'm just telling him, you need to change this immediately. Like yesterday, there's no way this is not sustainable. It's not scalable. You're going to burn yourself out. I think he said he had almost 2 million miles, Delta miles or something like that, which is a lot, right? That's like a ton of free first-class flights. So anyway, if you set your business up right, you can can be very fulfilled, make a lot of money, and not have to work so hard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love to jump into this part of the conversation. And there's a lot of wholesalers in here or investors. And, and some, they're still defining a way to kind of go all in into either full wholesaling with a little bit of hybrid uh, flips. Some of them are flippers, like full, full-time flippers. Uh, but there's opportunity to go into blue ocean niches uh, as well. I'm not saying that um, I know as a fact and I have data that land is a blue ocean. I just would think because not everyone does it. Or I would I would just think because not it's not as popular as wholesaling. So um, doing land is something that obviously interests me on understanding and how it is. But I'd love for the listeners here if you know if they're wanting to build out a land flipping business like a wholesale business, like what are the key differences uh, between wholesaling and land to be successful? One of the main differences. We're buying vacant land that people don't want for 25, 35 cents on the dollar. And depending on what you're doing, if you're going after, I like to go after small 
one to 20 acres, rural recreational land that somebody who would buy it was looking to go camping, hunting, put their camper out there, get off the grid, have a place where they can just, you know, go and be left alone off the grid with nobody to bother them. Um, so we go find this cheap land in popular areas where a lot of people are looking for land. It's usually a couple hours outside of any big city, one or two hours outside of a big city. And it's just recreational land. People go four wheeling, they go mudding, they go rock climbing, they go hunting, whatever. Right. So we find people who own that land. They've, they've owned it for over 10 years. They uh, don't live in that County. We send them a letter. The letter sends them to a voicemail. We listen to the voicemail. We send them an offer at 25, 35% of what we think we could sell it for. One out of every 20 to 30 offers get accepted. We buy it. We turn around and sell it either with for cash or for owner financing. Average wholesale profit, 10 grand. We buy these, for an example, we'll buy something that's worth $10,000. We'll buy it for $2,500 sell it for $10,000 and get 200 a month cash flow on owner financing for five years. Now, where else can you put $2,500 in, own an asset that's free and clear with no debt, no mortgage, and get $200 a month cash flow on that, right? That's a 100% cash on cash return on your money without all of the hassles of owning typical rental property, managing tenants, repairs, maintenance, all of that stuff. I've had that. I played that game before. I hate it. I don't like it. I love passive income from vacant land. And I'm, I've we've been wholesaling vacant land, just selling it for cash for a long, long time. But we've only been now selling vacant land on terms for about six months. And we're already at about $2,700 a month in passive income. And it's passive. It's about as passive as it gets. It is legit mailbox money. Yeah. Now, with vacant land, you don't get all the tax benefits that residential real estate has, but it's great cash flow, and they're just it's easy to sell. It's easy to buy. It's easy to sell. Not as much competition as houses. Um, I love it. It's a great, it's a great, great business model. Okay, so um, you're basically how can you compare it to like another different model? Is it like buying on a stock that has dividends and everybody just, it just doesn't have any appreciation or depreciation, uh, mm. right? No, no, buying, it, it's not like buying stocks. It's it's kind of like buying a house, except it's easier and faster to make your, to get your money back. See, banks won't lend money on vacant land, typically. It's a lot harder to get bank financing on land. So, we we buy land with cash. We use our own money. Sometimes we use private investors' money. We buy the land and we turn around and sell it for cash to somebody else. For an example, it's worth 10 grand a day. We buy it for $2,500. We turn around and sell it. If we're going to sell it for cash, we'll sell it for $9,000 and make a quick, what is that, 6,500 bucks? Or we'll sell it on owner financing for ten dollars or $11,000. 9% interest, 10% down over five years. So, you know, we'll get $200 a month from that. Um, so whoever buys it can't build anything on it until they've paid us off, but they can use it whenever they want. They can uh, do whatever they want with it pretty much. And so that's that's typically how, how it works. We, you know, we'll make 
an average $10,000 profit if we wholesale it, quick flip it, or we'll make 100% cash on cash return, basically get our money back within one year. It's, a, you know, and then we have, we have another four or five, six years after that where we're getting this normal, regular, consistent cash flow. I got into this because, you know, I started interviewing friends that were doing this. Um, and then one of my students who was doing houses started getting interested in land. He called me up one day and says, hey, I'm in, in less than a year, I'm at $12,000 a month in passive income from my land notes. And I thought, what? Well, I thought you were doing houses. He said, no, love this land stuff. And in fact, it was me. He said, you don't remember? You told me to look into land. And he was already doing houses, but he got frustrated because he's in Illinois. And, you know, there's all of the brokering laws in Illinois. So I told him to start looking into land. And sure enough, he's doing 12. He's making 12 grand a month passive income. That means literally he would not have to do any work and he would get $12,000 every month. Now, that's only going to last a few years if he doesn't keep on doing new deals. But I thought this is interesting. So then I started getting my teenage sons involved and my teenagers. I wanted a business where my teenagers could actually do something with it in real estate. But if you know with a house, you get a 16-year-old on a phone with a 65-year-old guy trying to talk to him, build rapport, negotiate the deal, understand ARV, understand how to estimate repairs, understand comps all of the nuances and tricky things with a house negotiating with a seller that's lived there for 30 years, who's got a ton of emotional attachment to it. Um, it's really hard for a 16 year old teenager to do that. Now, maybe I underestimated my boys, but I wanted something that was more automated where we didn't have to talk to sellers until after they got our low ball offer. And so now what we do it is my, now my boys don't help me all the time, but when they do, we, we send an offer after they, if they get our mail, they leave us a voicemail. We send them an offer. And if they're interested in our offer, they call us back. And that's when we talk to them. Sometimes they'll sign our contract, text it back to us without us even talking to them at all. So with land sellers are much more detached from that. So it's so much easier to buy um, and sell virtually. Yeah. Okay. And what are the major differences how would you do marketing about land? Uh, you said voicemail drops that you would do? No, no, we don't do voicemail drops. Okay. We send direct mail. We send letters. Okay. So with houses, you're doing good if you get half to 1% response rate, right? Mm -hmm. We're getting 2 to 3 sometimes 4% response rates mm -hmm. with our direct mail for vacant land. So we're seeing three, four times higher response rates with direct mail. So we're sending a letter. Hey, do you want to sell? Hey, Jim are you interested in selling your 2.6 acre lot in park County, Colorado? If you are, please call or text our 24 hour recorded voicemail and we'll send you an offer. And each letter has what's called a letter reference ID at the top. So they'll call or text that voicemail once or twice a week. We sit down, we listen to the voicemails and then we put them into our CRM. We send them offers. We never even call them or talk to them back. So the reason why direct mail works so good is because it, the, the letter says call or text our 24-hour recorded voicemail. They're much more likely to call or text if it's a 24-hour recorded voicemail, knowing that nobody's going to answer. So the voicemail then says to them, hey, thanks for calling. You got one of our letters. Um, can you uh, just leave your name and number and the letter reference ID that you got, and we will send you an offer in a few days. It's as simple as that. So they, they, they'll leave the reference number. We pull up the property. We look at it. We see, make sure there's road access. We see if it's in a floodplain or not. 
And um, if, if what kind of restrictives restrictions are there on the HOA? What are similar properties selling for? So in about five minutes, we come up with an offer. If we think we can sell it quickly for 10 grand, we'll offer $2,500. We send the seller an offer in the physical mail, in by text and by email. We do this all through my, my custom version of FreedomSoft. Send them an offer and about one out of 20 to 30 offers get accepted. So it's a strictly numbers game. And then if they don't respond, we keep on sending them the same offer every 30 days. Um, that's how we do our deals. So it's it's automated. So if you know a lot of people who maybe have a full-time job or don't have have English as a second language, um, there's there's a lot of opportunity, things that uh, you can do as a side hustle to get leads coming in. And you know, you can send you can send letters and emails and and, and things like that late at night, early in the morning on weekends without worrying about bothering the seller and stuff like that. So a lot of it is automated. Okay. That's awesome. Now it might sound that like a little bit of a, like a shiny object <laughs> uh, that, you know, wholesalers will start doing this and start kind of like picking up steam. And then all of a sudden they say, Oh my God, this sounds like it could be much simpler and I don't have to deal with all this competition. How do you deal with like students that come in and they're already doing like wholesaling? Like what's your suggestion on that? Like first mindset parts, uh, parts about doing land. Yeah. So it is, you know, it is different. Like I say, I tell people all the time, you've got to, the riches are in the niches and you need to focus. Like, and I say this also, like focus will make you rich. And so if you are not already doing, if you're already trying to do real estate houses and do deals and you, you're starting to have some success, like the worst thing you can do is try a new strategy. Like I would tell that wholesaler who's doing houses, like stick with what you're doing. Just focus in on that until you make your first million bucks. Then start looking at adding on a different stream of income, like flipping vacant land. Okay. So I try real hard not to present this as a shiny object. Um, but also at the same time, if you're trying to do houses and you're struggling and you're not just, you're just not getting any traction for whatever reason, then you should look at something like land. Um, because it's, it's just great. And there's also, um, other strategies that, uh, you might, you know, people listening might be doing crypto or Amazon e-commerce, um, drop shipping or affiliate marketing or crypto and stuff like that. And that stuff is, in my opinion, I'm not an expert in any of that, but like, that's a hard way to make money. I'd rather invest in a real asset, a real asset that you can touch and feel that you don't have to have a ton of money in inventory. You're not reliant on the whims of the market that might go up one day and down 20% the next day. It's very steady, consistent, easy cash flow, right? Um, so there, there's a lot of advantages to vacant land that I think if somebody who's struggling in business trying to find something to get a foothold or start doing well, you should take a serious look at land because, um, yeah, and all the different things that I've tried and done, it's it's my favorite yeah. way to make cash flow. So what, is the, what are the major keys to success doing land flipping? Marketing. We talked about it at the beginning. We're, in the real, we're not in the real estate vesting business. We're in the marketing business. So you've got to be consistent with your marketing. I say you should be sending out 500 to 1,000 letters every week. There's other things you can do just besides direct mail, but letters work really, really well. So send out consistent, just set it and forget it. Consistency is one of the most important things in this game. Who do you consistent go for letters? marketing? Say again? Who do you go for letters or how do you do your letters? We we pull our list from a, a website named Priced, P-R-Y-C-D. 
And uh, we use a company, we use two different companies. One is Rocket Print and another one is REI Print Mail. Um, so we send, we, we're testing different letters. We test postcards. But again, direct mail works really, really well. And then we work with another company sometimes to do text marketing for us. And I'm not, I'm not going to give their name out because it's one of those things where it's a little gray hat, gray area. Is it okay to do it? Is it not? It depends on who you ask. Some people are adamant, like, no, you can't do texting. Some people are like, it's not a big deal. Yes, you can. You can talk to attorneys that say it's fine. You can talk to attorneys that say it's not. So anyway, we'll do first and foremost direct mail. After we've sent direct mail to a certain county, then we might add on some other things like texting. Sweet. Yeah. Now, uh, I mean, I know that we... It, this could potentially have a second episode. It seems like you have a lot to provide in terms of not only land, but lease options and the other expertise that you have. So I'd love to have like a secondary yeah. option. Um, what would you say someone, all right, so if someone that is already doing land, but is really struggling at the marketing side, uh, maybe, maybe you're saying, yes, yeah, consistent, the direct mail and everything, but they're not hitting it. Um, like, what are some of you like uh, struggles or challenges that you already kind of like went through that yeah, you, you need to, you need to get a Latino VA? Right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So you got to get, you got to get help. Right. Cause I think that's one of the biggest things people struggle with is overwhelm. They're getting so many leads. They can't keep up with them. Um, especially when you're first learning it, man, it's so easy to get overwhelmed with all the little nuances and the things you got to learn. So you know, I tell people, find a VA as soon as you can, mm. right? And just have them go through my first two modules and, and have them go through. We use FreedomSoft. I tell them, get your VA to learn FreedomSoft. And because a lot of guys and ladies are, are tech, tech challenged. You know, we take it for granted, man. We can fly around on, on a computer. There's a lot of people out there that barely know how to use a mouse, right? So, like, I tell them, you do not have to be the FreedomSoft expert. Hire somebody who could learn FreedomSoft for you and make them be the CRM FreedomSoft expert. And all you have to do is Voxer. I, I use an app called Voxer, V-O-X-E-R, where um, I can voice message my VA. My VA can, you can do the same thing in WhatsApp or whatever. And so when you get a lead or, or you're working it, you can have your VA kind of do the data entry admin stuff. So as soon as you can, get a VA to do the five, $10 an hour admin activity work. You be focused on the $500 uh, work, the revenue generating activities. So that trips up a lot of people because they get overwhelmed. And, and one of the first things, once you start doing one or two deals a month, you know, even maybe before then, but one of the first people you should hire is a virtual assistant without a doubt. Yeah. And about sales process, is it is it similar to like a wholesale? Like, how do you how do you go about like what type of people are you talking to first of all, and how do you handle them? Yeah, so um, I do have to go in about two minutes. I'm sorry, yep. but um, we we advertise our properties on Facebook Marketplace, Facebook groups. We put our properties on uh, Land.com. There's a LandFlip.com, LandMoto.com, and we build a buyer's list inside of FreedomSoft. So. There's a lot of good ways, but we price our properties so cheap, we sell them really fast. On average, one to three months, which is not as fast as houses. That's just because there's a smaller pool of buyers for land than there is for houses. But especially when you can offer owner financing, we sell these things very, very quickly. 
Okay. So conversation, you're talking with people that basically understand the investing game or like, I mean, a homeowner usually is just someone that just owns a home either because they do want it to do it personally, but like it's someone that owns land beforehand, it's mostly like uh, an investor profile or like someone that just inherited, yeah. inherited land. They, they have zero emotional attachment to it. They haven't right. been out there in 10 years. Yeah. They're just tired of it, tired of paying the taxes. They just want out. Love that. Okay. Yeah. I know that this is the last uh, minute here. Um, so I just want to, I want you to give me like maybe 30 seconds, 51 minute of um, what would you say uh, it, that it, there is something that you know is totally truth, but most people would not agree on? Well, I mean, if I wanted to talk about something most people don't agree on, how about Dave Ramsey? <laughs> how about uh, all debt is bad? Here's the thing. I'm on the fence on the issue, but I think a lot of investors um, are are taking debts and liability too um, flippantly. And there's a, there's a lot of investors right now. We don't see it yet, but they're out there that have gotten in too much debt. They're way over leveraged and they're in trouble. The rehabs are not selling as quickly as they wanted to. They were counting on refinancing. Interest rates are double what they were a year ago. And um, they're in trouble. They're in serious trouble because they're over leveraged. They borrowed too much private money. They um, put too much money into these rehabs. They were counting on appreciation. There's a lot of people I saw this a year ago that were buying pre-construction options on condos and stuff like that. And um, and they're in trouble. So I think there, Dave Ramsey is right in a lot of ways. He's a smart guy. And yeah, he talks about the baby steps. A lot of people say, well, Dave Ramsey is good for the for the people who are broke and who are in debt. But if you want to be a serious investor, you don't need to listen to Dave Ramsey. You should be listening to Robert Kiyosaki. And I don't know about that. Like, I, I think there's a lot of wisdom in what Dave Ramsey says, whether you like him or not. Um, I've never met somebody go into foreclosure and bankruptcy who was debt-free. All right. Awesome. Makes well, sense. thank you cool. everyone for listening to this episode. Um, again, Leave us a review. Also follow Joe McCall. How, how can people actually follow you or find your podcast, find your social media? Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, you can go to joemccall.com. I have a podcast called the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Just anywhere you listen to podcasts, do a search for Real Estate Investing Mastery. And if you want to see, I have a class, a free class on how to do land investing. Just go to simplelandclass.com, simplelandclass.com. Um, it's a six to one, one, one and a half hour training on how to do land deals. I go deep into the details of how to do it. And uh, I think you'll like it when you see it. All right. Thank you so much. Everyone follow Joe McCall on social media and go to his website, being able to see real estate investment mastery. Um, very easy to find. And also he has a great, great, great podcast. And we had a podcast episode about it. All right. So thank you for listening again and hope that you guys have a great one. All right. Esteban, see you, man. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.